Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross. We have a great show for you today, and I'm so enthusiastic to tell you about this show. It is going to be one of these groundbreaking shows. It's probably an R-rated show, so if you don't want your children to be listening to its mature content, I'm giving you a four warning now. Uh, For the rest of you, there is a new sheriff in town, and that new word is called heteroflexible. Hmm. What does this mean? We're talking about, we're talking today about straight white males who engage in male-on-male sex, but don't consider themselves gay. Straight white men are generally held up as the paragons of our sexually sexually normative culture, oriented in one rigid direction, unwavering, and in fact, disgusted by any other kind of sexual activity. So what gives now? What's changed? Why is it seemingly okay to be sexually fluid, as they say. That's the female term, sexually fluid, but I guess you could apply it towards men as well. So it turns out that straight white men are generally held up as the paragons of our uh, sexually normative culture. Uh, Women, on the other hand, are allowed or increasingly expected to be more sexually fluid and open, while the concept of the down-low has prompted many recent discussions on, on the supposed sexual fluidity and duplicity of men. So... Let's uh, go roll back the history books to Alfred Kinsey. He was a um, sex educator. He said, and researcher, he said that sexuality not only exists in a continuum, but some people can and do move on that continuum across their lifespan. Note that the research does not prove that sexuality is fluid, only that it can be. That that it can be doesn't necessarily mean that we all experience a degree of fluidity, nor that we are all really bisexual. So, hmm, is this a little bit of brainwashing going on with today's media, making all of this okay? Are we calling, um, you know, something (laughs) that it's not? Are we saying it's not a pink elephant in the room when really it is a pink elephant in the room? What's going on with today's media? We're going to talk about this topic. It's a crazy topic. It's, it, I think it's a groundbreaking topic. It's simmering just below the surface. I don't think it has become completely mainstream as yet. As you know, about five years ago, I broke the story about how, uh, according to my my research that I found that mothers really want to have sex with their sons because for whatever reason, the father, you know, it wasn't the best person. Maybe they didn't make the best selection and they decided that they gave birth to the son and they can raise the son in their mind's eye of what a perfect young man should be. And in so doing, along those trails, they became sexually attracted so five years ago I was poo-pooed and you know I had darts thrown in my back and everything else and of course years later everybody else came crawling and the the hosts uh, of the shows that I was on they came crawling to apologize yes we're hearing more and more of this and yes Linda you broke the news and you were right so anyway you can read more about that topic in my book Mastering Women um, you can find that on Amazon uh, in the paperback version as well as the ebook version that's Mastering Women. So, anyway, back to our topic at hand. Once upon a time, sexual orientations, they were very clearly defined. They were heterosexual, homosexual, and even bisexual was, was an okay term, were okay terms to use. They were categorical and mutually exclusive. Not so much today, because that's what the word fluid means. 
happens, right? It could go this way or that way or any anywhere on this continuum, and that's what we're going to talk about. My guest today, uh, his name is Chuck. Let's let's go by the word Chuck, uh, the name Chuck. Um, he's an average, run-of-the-mill type of guy. He's open-minded. He's married with children. He's a former high school and college athlete and retired from law enforcement. He's a world traveler and socially active. So let's welcome Chuck to our show. Hi, Chuck. Hey. How are you? Hello, Linda. How are you doing? Good to be here. Great. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Glad to have you here. So what do you make of all this uh, male sexual fluidity? You know, I, I just think it's really interesting that, that we, uh, as a, a social society, we we label people. We label things. If we can't... Uh, uh, um, uh, totally identify with it. We, we label it. We label children. Just recently, well, not recently, but years ago, this term ADD came up for children. Well, yeah. I just remember people in the class being active. They didn't have ADD. They were active. Was well, someone coined the term recently? And then we labeled this child with ADD. Well, I believe it's the same thing within our, our supposed hetero world. It doesn't exist. I, I don't believe in a hetero world. I just believe in the fluid world, as you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was exposed to this, or I should say I started doing my research some time ago when my first daughter started dating. And at the time, of course, you know, I was in law enforcement. I had the ability to do backgrounds on people and check up on them. Um, and this guy had a serious footprint. And within his footprint, he mentioned several times about being on the DL. Okay. And, and, the, the initials didn't mean anything to me at the time. I couldn't figure it out. And I kept on researching and looking around, and it turned out it was the down low. Down low was basically him saying, I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. I'm not gay, but I do engage. I do things with men, and I enjoy it. I have a good time. But I, I prefer being in this <laughs> supposed hetero uh, relationship. And that's exactly how I started my 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 path down this rabbit hole, as we discussed before. And as I went down the rabbit hole, I started to find out more and more and more. Um, so it's just it was just really interesting to me that this has been around for centuries, and we're and I'm just now finding out about it. Crazy. I, I do agree with you with regard to labels. I think the media does put a label on, on certain conditions or certain people or whatever. I don't know if it's like it, it, it kind of uh, puts a stamp in our brain that we remember it better, like it's easier to remember an acronym or something simple like ADD or maybe something, uh, you know, an acronym that's a shorter version of the long medical term, whatever it is. Um, I do agree with you. It's an imprint. It's, they're definitely making an impression on us. It's going into our psyche, and it's stored there for, you know, until such time that we de- we decide to um, pursue it and investigate a little bit further. So... You know, seems like you seems like you just did did do that. You're a protective dad. You're you had, uh, you know, the ability because of law enforcement to d- dig a little deeper, put your <laughs> talons in, and uh, who knew what you were going to come up with? It's crazy. Uh, absolutely, and, and and to just to tailgate this one, not, and I'm not going to go too deep into this part of it, but I had the I had the conversation with my daughter right afterwards. And so I, I, I wanted her to have that knowledge because this is another thing we're going to discuss and maybe later on is that there are so many communicable, communicable diseases that are out there. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I want her to be on guard. I'm, I'm giving her a heads up. I'm letting her know that, hey, this could potentially be a problem. And this is a conversation that the two of you need to have. You need to prompt him to have this conversation with you so he can have a discussion and be open about it and have an open mind and listen to what he has to say. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go well because this young man didn't want to talk about it. He kept it to himself. Mm. Uh, there, therefore, it terminated the relationship that they could have had. Well, 
you know that there is risk involved. I mean, there is risk with uh, <laughs> risky sexual behavior, shall we say? And of course, that would be, uh, you know, risky for your daughter. It's always the recipient partner that is at risk. It's not the giver. It's it's the receiver, <laughs> as they say, that is at risk. So you know, unless the guy is going to promise he's wearing condoms a hundred percent of the time. Um, you know, that puts your, your daughter in a pretty uh, tough situation. Absolutely. And, and again, I'm a dad I'm, and I'm protecting my family. So that's why that came up. Now, going on with that, I, what he's doing, I don't think it's bad. I never considered him to be a bad person. I never will. I would never come out with the word and say, whatever the case may be. I would just say, hey, you're a human, period. You're a human. You, you indulge in activities that are enjoyable, and you should be able to do that if you're healthy. So, again, I didn't condemn him and think it was bad. The bad part that, I, that, that came up was the fact that he did not divulge his secret, which he should have. Right. He just felt uncomfortable or... or you know, embarrassed or ashamed or whatever the word the the word is, and yes, mm-hmm. you're right. And for that reason, I think it was kind of okay that the two of them broke up or didn't take it further. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's it's a pretty big secret to you know, pretty important one too to like keep to yourself. Well, you know, I would say a hundred percent of the men that are out there that they call themselves on the D on the DL. They can, in fact, be, as you said, hazardous or dangerous to their receiver. Um, they could potentially bring something to their their partner that their partner has no knowledge of. And, you know, the next thing you know, there's there's a terrible infection that's involved. There's even potential of death afterwards. So right. it, it's just in this in this world, you know, honesty also needs to be part of it. You need to be able to discuss that you have a lifestyle that in uh, corporates the, the 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 same sex. Yeah, I mean, because men are keeping this on the down low, and because it's not completely mainstream yet, it's just simmering below the surface. I would say probably most men are going to be in his situation that they're not going to reveal to their bosses or their spouses or their potential, you know, girlfriends, what's going on with them after hours. Absolutely. There's total fear. And it's just based on lack of education. Once many people came forward, and I'm going to pull Ellen Ellen DeGeneres right now just because I've always loved Ellen DeGeneres. I thought she was, was, I still think she's a great comedian. She's a great person. And she's very loving. Um, Ellen at one point says, you know what, I'm going to come out and tell everybody that I enjoy other women. I'm, I live with a woman. I'm married to a woman. Well, you know, people put their hands on their mouths and they're, oh, I just can't believe this. However, it was soon forgotten and Ellen went forward. She's the same exact person. She never changed. She's even greater. I think she's been more popular with people at this point because she was able to come up and tell the truth about something that we would all be afraid to tell the truth about. Um, right. We all need to step into that. There are millions of men out there, and, and I don't mean to uh, offend the, the men out there that consider themselves uh, 100% straight, but there are millions of men out there on the DL. They don't want to discuss it. They don't want to talk about it. Matter of fact, they are in denial themselves. The fact that they went out, they tried something maybe during college times when we were all experimental, and we did something that we enjoyed, we liked it. Many years later, we went back and tried it again and found that we even enjoyed it even more. Right. However, however, when we came home, we couldn't tell our spouse, hey, you know what, wife? You know what I just did? So it, it, it makes it very difficult. It would be difficult for me to do that. I would have to um, share that much, much earlier. If I knew that I was in that world or living the lifestyle, if you would just come forward and talk about it, it would be much easier. It would be much easier, but, you know, take uh, Ellen's example. She definitely had a price to pay. She was on a very popular TV show, a top-rated TV show. She was fired from that show. Okay, that's one thing. But then she was 
outcast from the industry for eight long years. She completely had to reinvent herself and claw her back her way back up to the top. So it wasn't like, hey, here's this news, everybody needs to accept me now and I'm going to move on with life. It was not certainly not that easy at all. Um, was it groundbreaking? Yes. Did she pave the door door uh, and road for others to do that? Of course. But she had a tough journey when she revealed that news. And somebody along the same lines just prior to her, take Rock Hudson in the early 80s when they, when they had first discovered AIDS and everything like that. He was, you know, Hollywood's leading man for decades. He was doing all these G-rated movies with Doris Day and, you know, the, the, the guy next door, the nice guy that lives next door and who knew all those decades later he held that until his grave that he was gay so um you know it's not without penalty the people that that break open those doors it's not without penalty there is a lot of judgment there absolutely and that's the most difficult part is to deal um first deal with yourself and to be able to be in a position to share it with someone else and that's the most difficult part i i don't think that there are Unfortunately, I don't think there are very many people that would not have to deal with something negative from their partner. However, if they did it in the beginning, did it in the beginning, and there was an understanding prior to the engagement of a, of a relationship, it would be much easier going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like you said, it's not mainstream, so it's not something that everybody could totally make public in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you're you're saying you think that there's a way that the guy can uh, have safe sex, so to speak, so he's protecting the woman who still is at home. It, it should always that can't that can and should happen. It should always be safe. It's a given. It should always be safe. The person or the woman that's at the home that is your queen. That's the person that you take care of. That's the person that you would literally lay your life down for if it came to that. You must protect her and everyone within that dwelling with with, with your last given breath. Mm-hmm. So if his new partner that he's just met for the first time in some hotel and they're only going to have a romp for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, the new partner says, hey, I want to you know, feel it and I want to go natural, I want to go bareback, that he shouldn't be swayed by the 15-minute partner versus his lifelong partner at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we all get in the situations. Um, men and women get in the same situation as long as, as long, uh, along with women and women and men and men. There are times that we as, uh, uh, and, and see, I'll call it hero because I don't have another word for it right now, but in that fluid relationship, let's call it a fluid relationship between a man and a woman, there are times that emotions get out of control and we move forward and we progress. And then afterwards, we're both standing there with our hands on our foreheads going like, wow, you know, are you using protection? Because I know I didn't. Now what yeah. happens? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it happens. It happens with anybody and everybody. And we just because there are so many things floating out there right now, we all need to be safe constantly, continuously and every day. More so in the male community, male to male, more so there. And you know how much men hate to wear condoms. <laughs> I mean, it's a mantra that I've been spewing for 10 years, and it's they hate it. They give me every excuse under the sun why they don't want to do it, you know. So I don't know. That's a tough one. It's a tough psychological one to crack. I, I don't find men easily using condoms. You know. And they- uh, I think the main thing is is they're invincible. They think it's not going to happen to them. I think that's the main deal. I think we all, we, we kind of socialized, we were socialized back in, I don't remember, I think it was like junior high school when we first had our initial sex education class and they talked about using uh, protection condoms so on. Um, at the time we kind of him and how giggled around and said, oh, you know, I'll be okay, I'll be fine. Because when I meet a partner, and they're coughing and they have scabs and and sores and things, I know that they're sick, so I should have protection on. But you meet that partner, and they look just like you do. They're clean. They're wonderful looking. And you say, ah, it's okay, and we don't need to have anything extra. And that's the person that you get sick with. 
Right. That's the, that's the person you get infected. So you can't see it. So the rule is you just have to pretend that everybody you know or anyone that you get engaged with is infected in some kind of way. Absolutely. If you've just joined us, you've, you've currently uh, tuned in to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, our topic is uh, hetero, hetero, uh, can't even say the word, <laughs> heteroflexible, men having sex with men. Call us on this topic at 951-922-3532. Again, that number, number is 951 951- Nine two two thirty five thirty two, or you can download my brand new app for um, for iPhones, uh, iPads, and as well as the Android. And uh, if you hit the call now button within that call now area, I'm sorry. If you hit the listen live button, there is a call now button that you don't even have to memorize the phone number or punch it in. Just hit the button and it should take you right to the studio here. So uh, right back after the break, we're gonna I'm going to give a couple of examples of Craigslist ads, which are a very popular venue as to where these guys are meeting up and hooking up and finding such activity. So we'll see you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host. Today we are talking about heteroflexible. This new term defines straight white males who engage in male-on-male sex, but don't consider this themselves gay. That's what we're talking about. Um, you're on with my guest today, Chuck, who joins us. Uh, he has a former background in law enforcement. He's a family man. Um, he also has a former ba- background in athletics. You know, uh, Chuck, when I, f- when I was watching um, the playoffs, the hockey playoffs, I love hockey. One of the things that they do at the end of the game, which I love, I think it's so gentlemanly and so classy, is each of the players shake the hands of the opponents. They kind of line up in two lines, and the lines are going in opposite directions. And that's all well and good. You know, they, they do fist pumps and head bumps and, you know, do what they do. But it seems to me like this season they are becoming even more and more intimate with their gestures. Now, if it was um, somebody on your own team and you're doing this with, okay, that I get it. Because somebody on your own team, you coach together, you train together, you sweat together, you go on the plane together when you're flying out of town. You may be sleeping in the same hotel room. Um, You have the same emotions. You have the same ups, the same downs. Okay, I kind of get that. But they are the part that I'm uh, focusing on right now is these guys are these players are shaking the hands of the opposing team. 
it's not even their team members. And, you know, the look in their eye and the heart uh, pump, heart, heart pat, I should say, and the gestures are so intimate. They're kind of like male-female hetero-type gestures, but yet it's with a, another male player. What do you make of all this? Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos or, or if you've watched a hockey game uh, recently, but to notice this, it's kind of interesting. And it's not just the players either. It's the brass too. Like, whoa. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a given. You know, I think we fight a little bit too much with, oh, you know, this is, this is good or bad or socially acceptable or not. But there's a reality is that we enter whatever sport that you play in. And by the way, let me go backwards, digressing. Yes, I have seen some of the pictures of, of the hockey players uh, doing the fist pumps and, and the hugging and all the different, you know, the patting on the butt. And yes, all those things are, are very actually very natural because what we did is we entered a gridiron or we entered in a field of play. And it was a competition between two teams of fine-tuned athletes, they have done everything they could possibly do to get out there. There's a lot of testosterone that's being developed during that period of time. And yes, at the end of competition, it's one of those things, hey, man, you did as well as you could. You did good. I did better than you did, but you did good. So here, here's a little pat. Here's a hug. I love you too, man, because you came out here and we had a good time. We have something in common. We have this one particular sport in common. Thank you for being here with me to allow me to 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 you know, show my love for the sport. So, yeah, I could see it, and I'm okay with it. And I have been there before. I have I, – I've pat someone on the butt before today. Man, you didn't catch that ball. So, hey, maybe next time. Pat him on his butt and send him his way. Now, sometimes it's one of those things where I'm getting into his head like, hey, I'm pissing this guy off because here I am congratulating him because he, he he dropped a pass. But the, the, feeling, the feeling remains is that we all have a love for the sport, and we are expressing our love with each other. Gotcha. All right. So let's go over a couple of examples. Uh, you were mentioning to me off air that Craigslist list is, a, is a popular place for guys to hook up. And here's ad number one. It says, uh, masculine white guy, 5'10", 170, fit, athletic body, drug and disease-free, very chill, super discreet, safe only. I love that. Um if if you have problems wearing a condom, do not reply. I love that. I'm going to give that guy points. Anonymous. Um, and then uh, number two says, uh, looking for a cool masculine guy to swing with. Uh, super clean cut uh, guy here on my end. 47 years old, Irish Italian, thick brown hair, green eyes, good looking, 5'8", stocky but husky build. Um I have skills. I'm into worshiping you. I'm open as long as you're clean, no drugs, no diseases, and always play it safe. Not looking for anything serious. Know how to keep it light and casual. Open uh, to do this on the regular if we click. Um, he goes on to say that he's well-educated, close to my family, to church, so very much on the DL, on the down low, as they say. So right. those are a couple of the ads that... that uh, that I noticed that you forwarded me. Talk a little bit about that. How? What, what do these ads mean to you? You know, and this was this actually started out to be part of my uh, research when I was trying to find out what, what the DL meant. Mm -hmm. And I, one of the first places I went, I mean, there are several different sites. That just happens to be one of them. But Craigslist was the most popular at the time. There are, if you go up on Craigslist right now, I would say that there are probably... Um, the last time I looked was um, the same time I sent you the ad, which was like a day or two ago. But there were over 2,000 ads out there, uh, posts, I should say. And out of the 2,000 posts, if you look at it, there are 90%, maybe 95% of the guys that are posting are what they consider to be bottoms. You know, in the, in the trade, they call it, or in the scene, they call it tops and bottoms. The mm -hmm. top is, that's the guy that's giving. And the bottom is the guy that receives all the time. So he is in the receiving role. There are more guys out there. There's 95% guys out there that want to receive as opposed to give. They want to they wanna be submissive. They want to step back. They are the ones that, that just want to have it done. Now, these guys are, are not, they're not gay. They're not strange. 
They just want to have that experience. They enjoy that experience. Afterwards, just like that one guy said in the ad, after we're finished, hey, I'm getting dressed, I'm getting washed up, I'm getting dressed, I'm leaving, and then I'm going back into the manly man world. This testosterone will start pumping all over again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I look at it. It's, it's something for fun. It's not a relationship. They are not trying to enter into a gay relationship or a homosexual or whatever tag that we're going to give it these days. They're not trying to enter into that, 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 that particular tag. They just want to have joy for, as you mentioned before, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Right. Now, do you think the majority of these uh, uh, people, if they want to be submissive because, you know, traditionally speaking in the business world, you know, it's, it's man-eat-man, it's, it's hunter mentality. You know, way back in the day, 10,000 years ago, you had to go out there and, and, you know, slay the animal and drag it back to camp so the rest of the village could eat, right? So right. in today's modern-day world, you know, he's got to be aggressive and take risks and, you know, slay the dragon, so to speak, in his office or workplace because at the end of the day he wants to bring home the bacon. He doesn't want to get fired for not being productive. So do you think that with all that stress and pressure today, with as, as many hours as we work and as, as much of a workload that we have on our plate, that when it comes to playtime, that's why they just want to unplug and just go to the submissive role? Do you think um. that's what's going on? Linda, you have hit it on the head, and you're absolutely right. Except for this same guy that's involved in this, or most of them that are involved in this, they're even much higher up. It's the CFO, this is the CIO, this is the president. These guys are under a lot of stress and strain each and every day. And you're right. There's that time that they said, I want to go out. I want to do something out of the norm. I want to relinquish any and all control that I usually have. I'm usually pointing my fingers and directing and guiding and for right now i'm going to allow someone else within this hour within this two hour whatever time frame might be just to say i am no longer in control you i'm giving you the finger and you could point any way you want to and tell me whatever to do gotcha and are these sites fairly easy to get into meaning um you know, there's no controls for children getting into these sites or anything like that that you know of? You know, unfortunately, uh, Craigslist is so wide open. And that was the thing that was disturbing to me from the beginning because anybody can get into Craigslist because that's not the only thing that they offer. They don't just offer dating. You could sign, you could sell your lawnmower. You could buy a yeah. lawnmower. You could, you could buy a house or, or rent an apartment. Um, it is so wide open and easy to get to if you had a search engine and you typed into the URL, you'd definitely go straight to it. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, no I, cost involved. I remember back in the day a number of years ago when I was, after my divorce, when I was single and I joined a dating site. And this particular dating site, although it was free, they asked for a credit card um, on the notion of you can't get a credit card unless you're 21 years old. And it's not that they were going to charge it or do anything with it. It was just a matter of one step more of security that you weren't, um, you know, a predator or you weren't, you know, uh, an underage person going on that dating site and getting yourself into trouble. Now, does that prevent you from going into mom's purse, you know, while she's in the shower or something like that and stealing her credit card and throwing the number up on Craigslist? No, I guess it doesn't prevent you from any of that. But I guess that was their way of, you know, instilling one more hurdle to uh, safeguard these things. Do you think there should be a hurdle? You know, there definitely should be a hurdle. Um, because there are, there are ages that I consider to be way too young to expose yourself to it without some guidance. Now, you know, and and let's go back to the guidance thing. So if I'm sitting there with my 10 year old and he asked me, Hey, let's pop on a porn site. Well, you know, it's going to allow me to ask him the question. So what, you know, why do you want to see a porn site? What where you what exactly do you want to know or you see? And then after we have a discussion, if he, in fact, is able to buy me into it, they'll say, hey, that's great. Let's go. Let's check out the porn site. However, if he's unable to sell me on it, I say, well, you know, son, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer um, and, until you're a legal age, a legal age of, uh, you know, accessing it yourself. 
Gotcha. Um, so with regard to keeping that dividing line, we're, we're assuming that these men are not having a quote-unquote relationship, which is why they don't consider, they're just looking at it from the sexual activity point of view. They're not looking at it as anything long-term or anything that's you know committal or relationship-oriented or what have you. Would you say that the men who engage in this uh, hetero-fluid behavior, do they kiss? You know, and there are, what I've seen out there is there are guys that say, you know what, I just want to do this act. There's two different things I want to do with you. Kissing is not one of them. So okay. we can do this and we're fine. But there are all, there's also that group, they have an aromantic edge to them. And they want to treat it as, as if it's a romantic relationship and they will exchange in kisses, yes. Hmm. I was remembering that old uh, Julia Roberts line, if you ever watched the, the movie Pretty Woman. Uh, mm. so, somebody had asked, because she was a call girl, somebody had asked her, how do you not get involved with your Johns? Um, you know, because she's having sex all day long with different different men. You know, that's her job, quote unquote, right? And her right. answer was, it's easy. I don't kiss them. Now, for a girl... Uh, I know a lot of guys don't see it as altogether that important, but for a girl, that is one way that we get hooked on a guy is by kissing him. So I was just mm -hmm. wondering if, um, you know, this male-on-male -male behavior does involve kissing. Yeah, and, and not at all. To answer your question, not at all times. Some mm -hmm. do, some don't. Uh, I, I couldn't give you a percentage of who does and who doesn't. But mm -hmm. when I go to the ads, I look, and some of the people say um, in their posting, they said, well, you know, kissing's important to me, or I kiss a lot, or um, they give some sort of hint that I am more romantic as opposed to just sexual. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But you, you're, you're saying that even the ones who kiss, they can separate, you know, the sexual act from, okay, I'm not going to fall for this guy. You know, and, and that one, I couldn't answer the question for you. I just know that some of them post in that fashion, and they will also a, put a um, a disclaimer in there saying, well, you know, if you don't, it's not a deal breaker, but I'm just telling you it's something that I enjoy. Gotcha. Now, from the reports that I've been reading, it seems like more and more often we refer to this, um, this heteroflexibility with regard to straight white men. Why are we isolating just that category of men? Why not black men, Chinese men? Like, why, why call it straight and white? You know, that's is, interesting. And is that true? And I'm going to say right away, no. Um, and, and just in, like I said, just when I look through uh, the postings, I am seeing every last nationality that you could think of that's out there doing the exact same thing. Um, their wording is exactly the same. Sometimes they will say, hey, this is what nat they'll, they'll label their nationality. Other times it's just very neutral and generic. But there are people that say, hey, you know, I'm Asian, I'm black, I'm uh, I'm Latin. I'm African-American, and I can't say that it's all white out there. I think that that is um, – I, I, I think that's a false title that, that someone came up with some out there. Do you think the media is just, once again, putting a label on straight white men to give them a further bad name? That they're, <laughs> that they're isolating this group for goodness knows what reason, you know, just to give them, you know, just to kick them, kick them in, the, in the teeth once again? You know, I'm not exactly sure why the media did that. Um, you know, it's beyond me uh, outside of uh, outside of that there was a reporter somewhere that came up and said, hey, only white guys do this, and that's not true. Um, I, I, it's, that's too bad we put a label on it in, in the beginning like th that way because, again, that's something that um, I'll just say it's just not true. It's, it's, it's very... Is very, it's not divided, it's very, very, very much mixed. Right. But it's interesting that the media and the research community portray it as such, when that might not be the case at all. And they're, they're absolutely right. <laughs> Probably is the I don't want yeah. I, I to say his name, but there's a president that, that talks about the false media, and in this case, or the fake media. And let's, let's yeah, I kind of think Leave it's there. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, 
do you think a guy would call himself sexually fluid or sexually uh, flexible because perhaps that white male has more to lose? Maybe he has more, I don't know, socioeconomic ability or stature in the community or whatever the deal is. Do you think white men are more likely to hide and give themselves this label because they have more to lose? You know, going back, digressing in our conversation, depending on the situation or uh, circumstances, no matter what your skin tone, you have something that you potentially have something to lose. And right. it, it doesn't matter. Uh, your economical background, whether you be a, a millionaire or that person living on um, uh, uh, food stamps, mm-hmm. you, you, you both have equally the same thing amount to lose. You could lose in health and death. You could lose a relationship that you've established. You could lose funds and money just based on, and I won't call it a mistake, but I'll just, just based on something that you did that you got caught, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you, and I agree with that. I do agree with that. I, I think, I, I, once again, I think the media is giving it an undue label when it's probably not a fair label whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yeah. you're right. If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. You're on with my guest today, Chuck, and we are talking about heteroflexible. These are straight white males. Actually, what we've just uncovered here, it could apply to anybody. They're calling themselves uh, straight males with without regard to race or any other distinction. Um, they're having male-on-male sex, and uh, that's what we're talking about today. If you'd like to join in on this conversation we have a few minutes left you can call us at 951-922-3532 again that number is 951-922-3532 i'm going to digress for just a second if you happen to have missed last week's show we were talking about the world's world of cigars with my guest Scott de la Pena. We went over the different cigar styles, the importance of aroma, pairings, accessories, countries of origin, and whether or not the Cubans have fallen from grace. So um, it's very easy to listen to previous shows in case you have missed it. You can either go to the SoundCloud or TuneIn app, or more importantly, you can go to my new mobile app and either listen live or listen on demand. And all the shows are easy to find. They're, they're well designated and you can pick whichever ones you want to listen to. Coming up on next week's show, we're going to be talking about the Kentucky Derby, which is coming up next weekend. So, uh, we're going to be talking about bourbon, cigars, and bookies. How fun is that, right? Uh, which horse should you bet on? Let's let's go into that. And how should you pair up uh, your bourbon or your brown liqueurs with with food and other delectables in order to enjoy your day while you're waiting for the horses to come in? So uh, remember to catch next week's show as well. That's coming up next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, the Kentucky Derby Show. Oh, by the way, next week's show is my 100th show. So I'm very proud to have served you over the last couple of years, and I definitely hope you will join us. All right, so let's hop back in, Chuck, um, with our remaining minutes here as we close out uh, this show on uh, heteroflexibility. Um, You know, when girls are fluid with their sexuality, it almost seems like that's okay, it's innocent, and let's say they take it from an innocent stage to, yes, now that they are lesbian lovers. Nobody, like, gives a darn, really. I mean, you know, society has sort of accepted that, that that's the way it is, and no big deal. And I'm wondering if it's a procreation issue. In other words, if two uh, gay girls hook up and get together, there is no procreation issue because they just run down to the sperm bank, one of them gets impregnated, and they're off to the races, they can produce the next generation. Whereas when two males uh, get involved in male-on-male sexual behavior, no matter what they do, they're not going to procreate. So is that what the issue is? Is it about procreation or lack thereof? 
You know, it's probably, you know, Linda, it's, it's an interesting uh, question you brought up because, you know, that's that's a thought that we had, I don't know, me and a couple of uh, friends, we discussed this a few days ago. And yes, that, that is an issue. If, if we continued on that path, that we would lead to extinction. We'd wind up being extinct because we would depend on women to procreate and make other men. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that that's why people look down on it or look at it as a great thing. We see two beautiful women together and hanging out with that. Oh, that's great. And they're holding hands and they're hugging and they're kissing. And we think, oh, that's so pretty. That's, that's sexy. However, if we see two guys together and they held each other's hand or they hugged, right away we question it. Like, wow, I wonder what they're up to. What's going on? That's a terrible thing that they're together because we were brought up so differently. We were brought up. Our fathers brought us up to be macho. Our fathers brought us up and our mothers told us too: don't mm-hmm. cry. Don't be upset. You're tougher than that. You don't need to cry. Don't cry. So for many years, we have to hold that inside of ourselves because we're not allowed to cry in public. So, yes, socially, socially, we'll accept seeing it. But in the long term, if we have a bunch of men that are together. And a bunch of women together, you're absolutely right. Both of them could have children at the same time. Two guys together, there's never going to be a child unless we adopt. Right. Or unless you use somebody else's oven, unless you get a surrogate. Absolutely. um, And and that is happening more and more these days. It's very, very difficult to do, and it's hard to get through the system, but I do see that happening. Well, we have to be more acceptable to the different lifestyle changes. Uh, we have changed quite a bit recently. We have uh, gay and lesbian uh, marriages now, which I think is fabulous. I, I'm 100% behind that. If you want to be with someone, be with them. If that's someone that you love, you care about, you cherish, and you're going to live the rest of your days with, you're going to respect, then fine. Then be with that person. Very good. All right. So are there dividing lines between straight men uh, that that it's socially acceptable to be in a male-on-male uh, situation. Uh, for example, let's kind of rattle through some of these. How about a frat house? Is it okay to have uh, sexual encounters because you're cooped up, you know, you got 40 guys in the house, uh, it's there, it's easy, it's comfortable, it's one in the morning, why not? Yeah, you know, I don't know whether it's fortunate or unfortunate because, unfortunately, I don't have the, the, the research paper in front of me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I did look at that, and there's a lot. There are multiple frat houses. That that's part of initiation, actually. And it's just it's brought in. There are some frat houses that, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to call them gay. They're fluid. And part of initiation, they pull that off. And that's just part of what they do. It doesn't make them any different from any any of the other men on campus. It's just that that was a part of the hazing that they went through. Um, these guys, in the, and this is the other part of the story, was the guys in the nuclear subs that go down. Sometimes they're down there for, you know, maybe three months at a time. Right, I was well, just going to mention that, exactly, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of guys together. I guarantee something happened. They don't discuss it. It's not talked about. But I guarantee you something has happened. Even in my conversation with the guys that I know that were, in fact, sub-jockeys, as they call themselves, they, they, they have stories that they've shared. Wow. My daughter so just it, asked me she wanted to uh, date a fireman, and somebody told her that, you know, firehouses, for the most part, because you have to pass a physical test, you have to be able to carry that you know, 80-pound backpack you know, when you're going up in the hills, if there are you know, brush fires in the hills or what have you, or you have to be able to carry that heavy hose for extended amounts of time, maybe an hour or two, whatever you have to do, you know, you have to manage the hose. And anyway, somebody told her that most firemen are gay. Do you think that's true? I don't know one way or the other. (laughs) But for the same reasons that we're talking about, because they have 24-hour shifts, maybe it's 24 hours on, 24 hours off, whatever, and, you know, you're in a circumstance, much like the athlete that we were talking about earlier, that you're bonding over similar experiences that are very intense and can be very emotional. Sometimes lives are lost. Um, I don't know. Do you have, a, you have an intake on that? Well, definitely. First, I'm going to unlabel them as being gay. And I'm going to label them as fluid. 
and, okay, sorry. And, and um, the I say anybody they gets together, whether it be male or female, if they decide that they want to get together to to have an emotional release, a physical release, mm-hmm. then they did. They did exactly that. And then I brushed my hands off and says, okay, Bob, this was great. Thanks a lot. It was wonderful. See you when I see you. And I step off. I go home, and I'm with my girlfriend. I'm with my wife or whomever. It's not that it's going to be a, a ongoing relationship, or and not, nor is it going to turn into a romance. However, however, if something triggers and Bob's available and I'm available, and it's something that I want to have uh, have an ongoing thing, then that becomes my partner. Period. Gotcha. Now, uh, what about some other um, rituals? Uh, are there dividing lines where where fluidity is acceptable? How about like the boys will be boys? They're going to a summer camp. Maybe it's like I don't know a Boy Scout meeting or some something of that nature. Um, in other words, I'm trying to get at: Are there some uh, social situations where it's like, oh, you know, the people just look the other way, and boys will be boys, and that's the end of that. Like they're not overly critical as as they would be maybe in other sectors of life. Yeah, well, you know what? I believe it really does. It, it may start out there, and the, you know, the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts, or whatever you go out, and at that time you are going to, you know, your your puberty right now. You are experimental, so yeah, you'll try and you'll play around with some things, but you're not really serious about it. You again, you're going for a sensation. Um. Mm-hmm. And and then you know as you know male, males as we mature, yeah you know there's times that we get together and you know we hang out with each other and depending on the vibe, we will discuss within the groups. Hey man, you want to meet later on because I got something special going on. We could talk about this and in our conversation, we know that we're okay with doing something extra. We'll call it. And, and so the, yeah, they do have they have meet. Matter of fact, they they're gonna have. A men's get-togethers sometime today in 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 uh, in Inglewood, one of the Sheraton hotels. You know that's mm-hmm. something that was pla- that was blasted on Facebook. Or, excuse me, on uh, Craigslist. Craigslist, okay. Yeah, so there so, are social gatherings that, that 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 occur. Yes. So you're saying that some of these uh, get-togethers happen in expensive hotels. Maybe they're inviting five to twenty people. Um, you know, and it's kind of like a. A, a very nice situation. Absolutely. That's exactly what happens. Okay. We're running out of time today. Thank you, Chuck, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for joining the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We'll see you each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Week.